0: Welcome back this week uh, to the Beanie and Cardell, Cardell and Beanie show, whatever you want to call it, brought to you by none other than Raising Cane's. The one and only. Absolutely. You want some some tailgate food where you don't want to go out and be around a lot of people? Order some canes. Easy. They deliver. And if they don't deliver, Cardell's going to deliver it for you, as I we talked you. about last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raising Cane's our special sponsor, our special partner. Um, enjoy it. Love it. My kids demolished it last week, not only after the podcast, but uh, two days later, they wanted more Kings, man. So. Uh, ain't, no, ain't nothing wrong with
1: that. You can never have too much Kings. It's just like, like you say, getting ready to tailgate. Clearly, we can't tailgate like we used to tailgate. Right. But, um, it would have been a little bit special this week getting ready for the game, but mm-hmm.
0: canceled. You got to be kidding me. Oh, my gosh. You got to be kidding me. Craziest thing in the world, man. To to, you know, look up and see the news. Me and Will were just sitting here and we just saw the ticker girl across ESPN talking about how the game is canceled. First time the game will not have been played since nineteen seventeen, bro. Over a hundred years. Craziest thing in the how world. How crazy is that? We we And talk- it's Michigan fault. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we talked about it a little bit last week how yeah. this was a potential situation. Uh we look at it from a, a a little bit of a different perspective from the standpoint of maybe, you know, Jim Harbaugh trying to stick it to the Buckeyes and saying, you know what, I'm not going to play uh, this game. But obviously, you know, COVID's crept in there, and we can't play the game. What are your thoughts, man? How crazy it's, is this? Have you, Would you ever anticipate anything like this? No, it's brutal, man. And, and to think about how, you know,
1: we – dissect that and the what ifs and what would you do and things like that if you was hardball and then Herbstreet come out and make the comments that he made and later on kind of apologizing for him but I totally felt hurt on that. But not to get too much sidetracked on last week, it's I would have never imagined. I mean clearly that was a real scenario that can happen. Well, like but like jokey Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I can never imagine in, in the the best tradition in all of sport. This year will not be played, and like I said, over a hundred years this game has been played consistently, and this is be the first time. I mean, golly, I I don't know what. It was already weird not playing the game right. after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but not
0: having the opportunity to witness that this year. It sucks, you know. I, I, who I blame in the situation, man? I blame the Big Ten Conference. And I hate to sit there and play the blame game, but I mean, I think it's, we got to point the finger at somebody. We got to yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. There should have been no reason. Well, check that. I can understand a reason why you push the season back. There shouldn't have been a reason why we pushed the season back as far as we did. Exactly. You play yeah. earlier on just in case you have these miscues and you got the potential to make them up later on in the season. Yeah,
1: you left no room for error. You left no room for error. And, and what. You, for one, you're dealing with a hundred plus guys, a hundred plus football athletes mm-hmm. on a team. Let alone the staff. Let alone the the support staff. Mm-hmm. Let alone everybody. These guys got to enter in the, um, and uh, going to have hand to hand combat. I mean, hand to hand contact with throughout the bases through all these schools. We should have had a better protocol and left a little room for error if we got to this point where facing like potentially not being able to be eligible for the Big Ten championship game.
0: It, it's just sad, man. I always say and you guys have heard me talk about it on Letterman Road and on this show, any show I do, there's too much money at stake. And you can sit there and say it's not all about the money. But when there's so much money at stake and you're looking at it from a business perspective, it's too much money at stake for them not to have answers for every single scenario. Exactly. You have to. In a business structure, um, when you look at, you know, Walmart, you better believe Walmart had a plan in place for COVID, in terms of how they were gonna uh, still keep up with sales and exactly. how they were gonna still employ people, I mean, they Amazon, start, yeah, so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, Walmart. They, if I'm not mistaken, they start delivering or contactless yeah. uh, checkout and uh, <laughs> bringing it out to your door. I mean, bring it out to your car if you don't want to come in. Like a lot of things like that. Like that's what I think about having all they, all having all their eyes dotted and T's crossed right. when it comes to a potential situation and and over and, and kind of foreseeing that and how do we get, how do we cross that bridge when it happens. And I think, like I said before, when the Big Ten started the season and put some of these protocols in place, when Ohio State canceled their first – well, when the game was canceled uh, with Maryland, I like, well, the Big
0: Ten kind of failed us. They, they did big time. And, and you talk about the rule that you know we have to where you have to play six games in order to be considered for the uh, the Big Ten championship. And, and now we're in a situation to where we don't know if we're going to get an opportunity to play that sixth game because of what just transpired, Ohio State-Michigan game being canceled. Um, what do you tell these young men – that are clearly, clearly the better team in the conference, especially when you look at who they played up until this point and who they had left to play. What do you tell these guys? uh, Oh, you guys can't make it to the Big Ten Championship because you didn't get that extra game, and we didn't give you an opportunity to have an extra game? Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, Ohio State
1: had every pretty much excuse last week to cancel Mm -hmm. their game. Right. But they want to put their they want to put the players in the best position to to compete for the Big Ten championship, game, right. compete for the have a chance to be the top four team and and to prolong their careers, mm-hmm. and being out with 23 players and your head coach and five I mean three starting office alignment that can't be easy right. So to see some of these teams earlier in the season cancel because eight or nine players had COVID or you know tested positive I mean COVID it sucks it, it is real it's out there mm-hmm. but I feel like Ohio State just is, This was a, uh, a gut blow yeah. to them. This whole season has been a gut blow to Ohio
0: State. Man, I just it just pays me the NCAA, um, the Big Ten as a conference. you got too many resources to not have plans in place for when things like this arise. When you know a team is, we had two weeks. Yeah, we had two weeks literally to prepare for this exact situation because you go back last week. We see Ryan Day not be there um, as a coach, and we see the players and the offensive linemen that we had out. And you look at Michigan and where they were last week and knowing the prior week where they were before that, you understood that this potential was certainly there. So why not get those conversations moving a lot faster in terms of, okay, what's going to be our exit strategy, and then who do we play um, to replace this game? Because you understand, as a whole, If you look at it from the grand scheme of things, the NCAA in its entirety, the college football playoff in its entirety, the Big Ten Conference needs Ohio State to be in that college football playoff. Yes,
1: they need a a strong representative because the top four teams, the top four or five teams in the country are that. They are Mm -hmm. head and tail better than everyone else. You want to have a strong representation of that top four, top five, uh, top four teams. We don't want to see two SEC or two A C C teams right. in that thing no more. So because well the Pac twelve and the Big Twelve pretty much can get ready for next year. It's gonna be one conference represent it's gonna be two teams represent one conference. We don't wanna see two teams rep two two different teams with two different conferences represent the the final four. Right. You know, so wow. we'll see it sucks, but um I mean I can I can kinda of foresee a, a potential rematch of Indiana Ohio State with Purdue not practicing mm-hmm. this week. So, well, not practicing today.
0: Yeah, that, that would be a, a, a great situation for us if Ohio State did get an opportunity to go out there and play Indiana. Indiana played as good late. I, I know they lost their quarterback. But nonetheless, I think that's a solid football team that, you know, it could make it competitive. Ohio State, uh, they would get an extra look at Ohio State and, and say, you know, we got a chance to right the ship uh, for some of the things that we didn't do in the first game. And for Ohio State, this would be that another makeup game that give us the best opportunity to be in the Big Ten championship. Um, it's just crazy, man. You look last week what transpired with uh, BYU, and it was a Coastal Carolina. They threw that game together in less than 60 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we're talking about, uh, you know, the Big Ten Conference, but even if, you know, let's say something happens with Indiana where Indiana, you know, can't play, that's the only other team in the Big Ten that I would believe that would have, uh, you know, uh, uh, an opening for Ohio State to play. Would you or do you think that the Big Ten Conference – the athletic directors all across the board and the chancellors and presidents will come together and say, you know what, we'd give you guys an opportunity to play a non-conference game. Do you think that would be a scenario? I mean, I think it's realistically
1: possible, and I know those type of conversations right now is happening in office of Ryan Day, mm-hmm. Gene Smith, Mick Marathi. because they are all about not just getting that sixth game, mm-hmm. but trying to prove that we are the best team right. in the country. So if it's going down there to play a A&M, if it's rematching versus uh, Indiana or whoever it may be. Cincinnati. If it's a Cincinnati. Yeah. If it's a Cincinnati. I mean, the guys in Ohio State building are going to be all for it. It's just getting the rest of the conference. It's getting the Big Ten mm-hmm. on board and saying, you know what, go do that. You guys, are been, you guys have been screwed all season about co- uh, uh, due to COVID. Here's the opportunity to make things right.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you go back and you look at their rules and all that. The rules haven't been in place for hundreds of years. I mean, these rules just came into place a couple of months ago. You can change them. We yeah. talked about it last week. Yeah. You can do things on the fly because you know this is a unique situation. This is one of those deals that you definitely don't anticipate transpiring at any point in a lifetime. But it's here, and now you got to adjust on the fly uh, and, and and you know make it suitable for your conference, and so they can get their best foot forward. And it's not just about Ohio State. It's about the Big Ten as a whole. What representation do you want? for your conference moving forward. Do you want this deal to be looked do you want I mean I think people already look at the Big Ten as, you know what, they got Ohio State and maybe two or three other teams and now you're on kinda, a regular
1: on a regular basis. On right. a regular
0: year, yeah. Yeah. So you don't want as a conference for everybody to continue to look at you that, that way. And then let's say for some crazy circumstance, Ohio State says, you know what, deuces with the Big Ten. And now you fall face flat because of, you know, everything that you've done to not make this conference look – To be the best and, you know, be able to compete at one of the best levels. And that's in the college football playoff. Doing everything you can in your power to make sure that you are one of the four notable teams. Um, And if you don't do that, I think um, it's kind of hard to say. Ohio State's been a part of the Big Ten for so long. But I think those conversations are are going to be happening. Whether it's with the 80s or whether it's just with people on social media. They're going to be had. Yes, for sure. And especially this year with the Big Ten, I mean,
1: it's such a – a down conference mm-hmm. with, your, with your household power, power with your household names, with the team up north, with the uh, Penn State, with the Wisconsin, you know, and somewhat Iowa. But So they're going to need that representation, like we keep mentioning, in the uh, college football playoff to be a strong one. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be Ohio State. Yeah, clearly. man, you just don't want to be a down <laughs>
0: conference, man. I no. know we, we uh-huh. hit it hard with that, and we're going to continue uh, talking about that because there's so many different scenarios uh, – that we could talk about uh, because it's so much unknown. We don't know what the situation is going to be on Saturday, if we'll have a game. You know, there was talk that the uh, Big Ten athletic directors and uh, Big Ten presidents were supposed to get together tomorrow um, morning to kind of configure some things and figure out, you know, what's going to be the next uh, step for Ohio State and what kind of rules are they going to abide by or not abide by and and put in place new rules for, you know, the Big Ten to continue playing games when you got these two big cancellations within the conference, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's tough, man. It sucks. I cannot imagine if
0: I was a, a athlete right now at Ohio
1: State and just having so much uncertainty in the weeks that every week leading up to a, a game, every day leading up to a game and just so much uncertainty. I mean, they had games canceled. The day before again, <laughs> you know. So to be already at a Tuesday, a bloody Tuesday practice, is mm-hmm. getting ready. You know, they in there, they 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 in taped all them Michigan helmets on, right. the, on the scout team players, and and the scout team players they bringing it too because they want to get the guys the best look, and right. they still have opportunities to play in a lot of in in a lot of these games. And you going through that bloody Tuesday practice right now. I don't think they probably hit the field right now yet, right. and just
0: like where is your head at? How do you prepare for that? <laughs> That's the hardest thing in the world, man. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's, it's already been a harder season um, in its entirety, knowing that you every week that you go out there and play, the potential for that game to be canceled exactly. is right there. And then knowing everything that your parents went through and everybody went through to get this season to going after it was canceled initially, uh, it, it's already been hard. And now we talk about, you know, we're days away from the biggest rivalry in college football, not even college football, but all of sports. And you talk about what it means to your university, and how pumped up you get knowing that it's Michigan Week. The hell, what, whatever went on throughout the season, this is Michigan Week. This is where legends are made. Exactly. All the, I know that they came out early as a
1: thirty-point favor and all that other stuff, and the records five and zero oh versus two and whatever Michigan is, all that go out the window. Mm-hmm. And I mean. He, Clearly, you know, I mean, some of the biggest games of your career you had right. versus a team up north. And I was just talking to a buddy earlier today about, you know, our gold pans and things like that. I was like, yeah, I love my gold pans and I cherish them to death. But the the one that I really care about the most is the the 2014 one. When I, that's the only game we – that's the only time I ever played against mission and got into the game. Mm-hmm. So I – hold them near right. dear to my heart, <laughs> you know. And, like, as soon as you step on that field and you have the opportunity to play, you it can be one snap, 100 snaps. You just, like, it's, like, here it go. Right. Here it go. You know, and, and it sucks that, you know, some of these guys won't have that um, last experience. I mean, right. a lot of these guys opt back into the season to potentially have an opportunity to play for Big Ten Championship, you know, National Championship. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks to see that, you know, things haven't gone our way from a lot of things that we could not control.
0: Man, it's dwindled, man, drastically uh, from the hopes and dreams that you have at the beginning of the season to now, obviously, with this game being canceled. Just on the flip side of this, though, uh, because I want to get into, obviously, your experience being recruited by both schools and so on and so forth. And, you know, our traditions just with this rivalry game. But on the flip side, how in the hell do you think – Jim Harbaugh is feeling right now. Do you think it's like, you know what, this was like a sigh of relief and a breath of fresh air that he didn't have to go through another loss and get blown out? Or do you think that like he's secretly like, like, man, I wanted to play. I wanted to give it a shot. Um, I think I think he wanted to play. I,
1: I'm not going to lie. I mean, how much I, the the hate and uh, this comfort I have for, you know, that football program. I'm not even going to say the university, but that football program right. and, and everything they stand for. Um, I think deep down he really wanted to play because at the end of the day, is always a potential to have opportunity to go out here and win this game, mm-hmm. because if he go out here and beat Ohio State this year and ruin their chances to play for Big Ten championship game, or or ruin their chances to be the top four and then play for national title, think about how many coaches that Michigan has done that right. with losing records versus Ohio State, but catch Ohio State when they eleven and zero, mm-hmm. and they know they go to the Rose Bowl right after this game. Right. They only, they pretty much packing. They pretty much, and they are the plane and already left for the Rose Bowl. <laughs> it's like we meet y'all there and had an opportunity to spoil the season. I think hardball even though he hasn't had the success that a lot of people, especially alumni of University of Michigan, um, anticipated and wanted him to have, knocking off Ohio State potential and ruin their potential chance to play for national title, I mean, not saying a lot of that wrong will be rewritten, but mm. almost a lot of it be forgiven. <laughs> you know, so um, I think he, he still wants the opportunity to do that, but – I mean, it's, it's almost a double-edged sword for him because he's like, okay, well, can't say we lost this year. <laughs> right.
0: That's what I'm, I'm of the belief that Cardale, I don't think he wanted to play. I, I'm dead serious. I did not think he wanted to play this I game. Mean, I, I think they were waiting, sitting there waiting in the wings for an out yeah. to say, you know yeah. what, we're not going to play this game. We got issues with COVID. COVID is real. But I think they were looking for out. He doesn't want that other blemish. I mean, that's just another right. blemish on his record. He already can barely beat Michigan State. Yeah. and And obviously we know how it's been with Ohio State. He don't want them problems.
1: It's yeah, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough too, man. I'm anxious to see when every all the reports come out of how many guys they had, you know, had uh, test positive for COVID. If it's like ten, eleven guys, man, I'm gonna feel some type of way. Oh, you got to because we just play the game if it's fifteen you know, guys, I gotta feel a certain type right, of way. Exactly. We just play the game and a lot of this stuff are gonna go into the recruiting of players next year as well. Mm-hmm. It's like We train our guys to have a next man up mentality. Right. Going into a game and rushing for over 300 yards with three new (laughs) offensive linemen is not something you just do. Right. That was so impressive, bro. Yeah, it's not something you just do. And I can only imagine being a running back. Well, quarterback as well. Being behind center with guys, you just got reps with that week. <laughs> and you just like, uh oh right. you know, you probably if it's your new left tackle or right tackle, you probably probably drifting a little bit when you drop back out. You're probably like, oh, okay, keeping an eye on this guy, <laughs> you know. But um it's it just gonna it's just gonna it's just gonna create more of a gap when it comes to recruiting
0: mm-hmm. and preparing and trying to stand a chance up against Ohio State for Michigan. Yeah. I mean, both Jones they graded out of champions on the offensive line. Um and I think the biggest miscue was, you know, some of the quarterback center snaps. exchanges. A couple yeah. of snaps. Yeah. But once we got settled into that thing, it was okay. Yeah. Um, for them to come out and play the way that they did was super impressive. As a testament to the coaching staff and an environment, like you said, that they have over there, next man up mentality. Um, to me, if I'm the committee and I understand that, okay, let's say Ohio State doesn't have another game. Um, let's say they play in the Big Ten Championship, they win it. I think you got to go back to that week to where they played Michigan State and you watched everything that they faced the week prior to coach being out, players not being able to play, but not only players not being able to play, key players not being able to play. Yeah. On the offensive line and you got a quarterback that's been getting beat up all year long. These three guys come in great out of champions, play great and the quarterback go and has the success that he has. I think you got to take that in consideration. So that's exactly. one of the caveats that exactly. I can look at with Ohio State and say, you know what, you got that in your back pocket to where you did look very good with all the miscues.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you look at the teams that that's been winning, you know, the championship over the last couple of years, um, despite maybe Alabama, um, you no know, Clemson, the first year they won, they deal with a lot of adversity. A lot of miscues, a lot of changing around, and and, and uh, if it's if it's an offensive line combination, or if it's uh, a key player being now, a key starter being now, or or you know off the field issues, mm-hmm. they deal with stuff like that, and the great teams find a way to kind of get through that, right? And have that mentality, next man up. I mean, clearly, I mean, it's such a cliche when I you know had the opportunity to play, it was oh, next man up, things like that. But we dealt with so much stuff going into that season with losing Braxton, with mm-hmm. the death of a teammate, with, with injuries and things like that that just kept hitting us gut shots, gut right. shots every other week. But we were surrounded by unbelievable players and unbelievable staff that kind of kept everybody honed in and eye on a bigger prize.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this program is elite. Uh, to say, to the, say least. the least. <laughs> <I> mean, <right. laughs> to say the least. It's an elite <laughs> program. I mean, to be able to have the caliber guys that we have and get them on a consistent basis. But not only just get to the four- and the five-star cats, get them here, get them to buy in, and get them to go out and produce at a high level, dude, that's hard. Yeah. That's hard as hell to do. It's not an yeah. easy walk in the park to be able to get these guys to buy in and be as good as they are. And then some of these four- and five-star guys come and sit on the bench for a little bit yeah. uh, and then get their opportunity and, and still you know, want to compete. Um, but moving forward, man, let, I want to get into your situation where you was recruited. Obviously, i you went to cleveland Glenville. Was there any, you know, inkling or anything in you that considered the University of Michigan? <laughs> I'm going to be honest,
1: man. It's, it's going to pretty much be the first time I ever mentioned this on uh, camera. Got some tea. Um, <laughs> right. Got like some, some cane sweet tea. Right, right here. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Growing up, when I was young and dumb, the team up north was my favorite school. Ooh. It was my favorite Ooh. school growing up. And I'm going to attest to Man. that. Listen, I'm going to – and I'm talking about young. I'm talking about before high school. I'm talking about right in right in the midst of middle school understanding you can't like that team right. li- living in Cleveland. <laughs> but my guy was Braylon Edwards, Mike Hart, mm-hmm. um, Jake Long. um Golly, I forgot the quarterback name, but the other great players that they had. And we had a guy actually from Cleveland, Glenville, that go up there and had some success on the field, a guy named Pierre Woods yeah, and stuff like that. So um, I think it was a little bit of that because Pierre was actually a close friend of the family mm-hmm. at the time as well. And um, I wore 99 just like him in Little League. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, he going up there and my favorite color is blue, so I love him. But I think right when I started to realize what Ohio State and Michigan was about Mm -hmm. and understood a little bit of the history. You don't really get deep into the history, to the real history, until you finally get into one of these programs. I don't know how they run it up there. I don't know how how, you know, important it is to them up there, but it's extremely clear, you know, extremely important here. But it, it was different being recruited by by both Uh, University at the time. I mean, Coach Trussell was a coach who originally recruited me, and um, I loved everything he stood for, Mm love everything he stands for now to this day, and he had an unbelievable staff around him. And then um, I think the guy uh, who was recruiting me up at Michigan Town was uh, Rich Rodriguez. Rich. Rich Uh. Rodriguez. And um, I I personally think you know, when you start to understand the dislike between the programs and the history and stuff like that going through recruiting, you still look at the opera. you still look at a school for the best fit and opportunity for you on and off the field. Mm-hmm. And Michigan had an unbelievable program that I was interested in, but the fit on the field wasn't me. Right. You know, Rich Rod was <laughs> running spread, running your quarterback to death all around the place, and, and freaking Denard Robinson was right. the quickest thing I could ever <laughs> see in person. I was just like, I don't know if I can have success here. Right. I feel like I can play here, but I don't know if I can have like success because it was so much predicated on a quarterback ability to get outside the pocket and play. I mean, he was running, running Denar Robinson mm-hmm. 15, 20 times a game. And um, that's what drew kind of me more to pro-style offenses. It definitely Coach Trussell. And then I had some former teammates here at Ohio State. So it made that transition so much easier. Ironically, you know, I finally get a chance to come here and we run in kind of the same style <laughs> offense. So I was like, uh-oh. Right. You know, but wouldn't change my decision clearly for the world. Um, and I I couldn't me personally, looking back up, my experience at Ohio State, clearly wouldn't trade it for the world. But – Definitely can't fucking see myself playing for Michigan. <laughs> and golly, sorry right. for the F-bomb, but golly. <laughs> Got to put the extra emphasis on yeah, that.
0: <laughs> I cannot see myself playing up there. Dude, Rich Rod re- <laughs> rec- recruited you, man. Rich Rod single-handedly set that program back. That's why Michigan <laughs> is the way that they are right now. It's because of Rich Rod yes yeah. I mean, he went in, changed the culture, said forget tradition, forget everything that, you know, the University of Michigan stood for, and wanted to make his imprint on that university That's so
1: hard you screwed it up. Because it, like, when you think of big programs like that, like me personally, when I think of big programs, the the SCs, the Alabamas, the, the Texas, the Ohio States, the somewhat Penn States and, and household names, mm-hmm. they usually have the most success when they have a guy – that bleeds their their alma mater. That, that mm-hmm. they had a guy that has some type of connection to that school. Right. If like I said, if it's coach there, if it's with the school there, if it's a mm-hmm. GA there, if it's played there, whatever it may be, they usually have the best success with those type of guys because it means a little bit more to them. Look at uh Fitzpatrick, what he's been do- doing. Uh, Fitzgerald, right? Uh Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. What Fitzgerald. he been, yeah been doing to uh, uh to that university to that program. Right. I mean, that guy. He's
0: never going anywhere. They'll never fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he have a statue built there. Right.
1: So, uh, Rich Rod didn't understand that it, was, it wasn't it was just another game for Ohio State versus Michigan mm-hmm. or when they was playing Notre Dame or they were playing Michigan State. He wanted to make his own name outside of
0: bigger than Michigan. Yeah. And that's where, like you said, it set him back. That's where he went wrong. Uh, it was terrible. Terrible watching, uh, you know, Michigan – be in that format. The first year we played him, Rich Rod's first year, I think we beat him like 59 or 17 or something like that. And it was like, bro. Last year, Lloyd Carr's last year, um, I thought Lloyd Carr was a phenomenal coach too. Getting off topic a little bit. Not even off topic, but I thought Lloyd Carr, people talk about Bo Shinbeckler. I personally think Lloyd Carr is the best coach the University of Michigan has ever had. Well, You can say, talk about Bo and all this. All respect due to Bo. But Lloyd Carr, you go back and you look at his track record versus Ohio State. You look at his track record in big games. I don't think the success compares. Um, But nonetheless, I was recruited by Lloyd Carr there. um, And his last year, we beat him 14-3. And I remember just the look on his face, and he knew it was the end. And, you know, I'm thinking that they're going to get – Les Miles was the talk at that time. Yeah. He was at uh, LSU. I'm thinking, because he's a Michigan guy, I'm thinking he's going to go there. And I'm thinking the next year we're going to still have our work cut off for us because they got a quality coach that understands the rivalry that's been there, been in those shoes, and they get Rich Rod. And (laughs) the first thing I remember (laughs) about Rich Rodriguez is, is him coming in and like seven, eight guys immediately transfer. Yeah. And my ears perking. I'm like, what? What's going on? One of those guys happened to be born. Yeah. Born, came uh, home. big Justin, um, came, transferred, was at Ohio State. He couldn't play that year, but I was sitting and talk to Justin that year. Man, what was going on in Michigan? And Justin's a guy I always wanted to come to Ohio State. We played in the high school All-American game. Uh, but I would always talk to him in practice, like, man, what was going on there? He said, Rich Rodman, he didn't care about anything that Lloyd Carr or anybody before him had there at that university. It he was- wiped away everything, talking about their record books, their history on the walls ripped it all down and all made it made it all about him man and at that point I knew like bro there's no this ain't way about to be pretty <laughs> y- y- no way you're going to be able to do anything yeah. moving forward yeah. um we'll take a quick break take a quick break to go get some canes. go to raising cans order some raising cans to your house on this break and uh yeah stay tuned we'll be right back
1: if Raising Cane's Secret Cane Sauce was the end zone, no one would ever lose a game. Crispy, crinkle-cut fries. Touchdown. Buttery Texas toast. Touchdown. Hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers. Touchdown. Freshly-made tea and lemonade. Well, you get the point. Go for the win this game day with Canes. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. One
0: love. <laughs> All right, welcome back, people. We just came back from our quick Canes break. I got my belly full. Um, I love the bread, BBS, always. Anytime always. I get to that window. always uh, Emphasize that. <laughs> BBS, butter both sides of the bread, please. Please and thank you. Uh, we got some questions from Twitter. Yeah.
1: Yeah, shouts out to um, D Ransom 2 And his question to us was, what advice would you give a first-year player slash starter about the game? Oof. Ooh, and these questions cool. were asked before everyone got the alert, the ESPN ticker that the game is canceled. So, I mean, it can be a first-year player next year. So yeah, I certainly. give him advice, and, you know, hopefully he, he holds on to advice <laughs> for next year. <laughs> oh,
0: man, what advice would I give a first-year player? Don't yeah, don't fumble the ball. <laughs> I mean, if you're a running back, don't fumble the ball. That's one of them. <laughs> but, you know, understand the importance of it. Understand the importance of the robbery, Buy into it. Um, go back and look at the history. Um, when I was playing my, my, my sophomore year, we took a bus trip up to the University of Michigan and obviously the year before Bo Schinbecker had passed away but this time they had just created this documentary that uh, documented the what 60, 70 years uh, prior to um, you know rivalry games and you know just what it meant to certain people, what it meant to certain players um, buy-in. Buy in and really, really take heed to this rivalry because it's like no other. I know that a lot of times, especially if you're one of those new guys and come to your first game, you're going to be looking at, oh, Ohio State just wiped the floor with these dudes consistently. But that game still means so much to both schools. And the reason being why Ohio State tries to wipe the floor with them consistently is because of all the long-standing history and the players that come before you. So buy into it.
1: For sure, definitely buying in and understanding it's not just another game; it is the game, um, because of all the records go out the window, all everything, all the, your, your yards, your stats, how many starts you had, what, what type of recruit you were, all that go out the window when you plan this team. Um, and that's not just a individual player, but the team records. I mean, if you look at the history of the game and, and see how many times Michigan stopped Ohio State from playing in a in a national chi, a national title game or, or a big time bowl game when Ohio State was a 10-11 and 0, and Michigan was you know five and five or something like that. <laughs> so records go out the one You just understand it's not another game. And, and at this point, especially if you're a young player, it is the biggest game in your career.
0: Man, I can't stress that enough. The biggest game in your career. My question comes from Andrew Craig, 8Craig underscore 13. Is it more satisfying to win the game at the shoe or in the big house?
1: Me personally, I would will, I will love to say the shoe, even though I didn't have that experience mm-hmm. to spend my last college regular season game in the shoe. We ended up, you know, crushing them up at the big house because it's senior night. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's your last regular season college football game that you guaranteed to have. And um, it feels good to, after that win, celebrate in the locker room and go right there with your family right. and have everybody in town because everybody going to come to town for that game, trust and believe, <laughs> so to celebrate right then and there. But, I mean, even when, you know, times when we play up there and crush them and come back, you know, the parking lot is full with your family right. and friends anyway, no matter what time you get back. But I think it's a little more special ending senior night um, and, and and not just against that team but in the shoe.
0: Yeah. I, I think i got to go with you, man. I played in the 2006 game, the game. And The game of the game. Yeah, I mean – The game of the game. That was crazy, (laughs) just the atmosphere of that game and the environment. I'm talking uh, you got Derek Jeter on the sideline. You got, you know, Braylon Edwards, Charles Woodson, those guys. I remember Braylon Edwards – got in trouble because he took a helicopter down from he was playing with the Browns, yeah. and he missed their meeting just to come to this game. Yeah. Um, you got Mo Vaughn on the sideline. So many it's like a who's who. Madonna, I believe, was on the sideline um, of that game. And, you know, understanding uh, obviously how big the game is, but going out and beating them in the matchup. Will, you was a part of this game. Going out and beating them, um, and then after the game, like you said, getting a chance to celebrate with your fans and family, but and this game was a little bit unique, man. This is my first time experiencing, obviously, the game, but two, experiencing people rushing the stands, <laughs> Rushing you know, rushing jumping out of stands, rushing yeah, the field, yeah. and people literally ripping huge pieces of the grass that we had at Ohio Stadium up and taking it home. Yeah. The craziest thing in the world, man. Yeah, for
1: sure. I remember, man, golly, my, my first year, 2012, when we beat them and we couldn't play for – we couldn't go on to play in a bowl season or, or postseason, and uh, it was a good game. I think we won 26-21. And uh, we played a really good Michigan team who went on to I think win the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know Brady Holcomb's first year maybe or something like that. But anyway, um, what was his name? Brady Holcomb. Yeah, yeah Brady- it was Brady Holcomb. Oh, okay, i was just like <laughs> Wait a minute. so. Um, yeah, and, and the fans rushed the field, and I actually miss the um, our our our. our you know, in the game, speech in the locker room because right. the fans rushed the field, and everybody was getting pictures with me, uh-huh. they just didn't care, they just wanted a piece of Ohio State in, in that game, and I'm like, I'm, like what? I'm taking every picture I can with people trying to get to the locker room, and by the time I got to the locker room, guys was leaving, like, where you been? I was like, I couldn't get off the field. Right. <laughs> so, that was crazy,
0: so, that's yeah, definitely special Um, ending the season, ending the regular season at home versus Michigan. And I played there, and I beat Michigan at Michigan, and I've, although we beat them there, and you're still pumped up, you're excited. Just the atmosphere going into the game—it's the game without question. But it just isn't the same because I feel like they're—they got a real big stadium, but it just wasn't as rowdy. No, it's um, and not this. as nasty as you yeah. anticipate. I know yeah. here. When we're playing home, our fans are nasty to them because yeah. I've seen it and I witnessed yeah, it. Yeah, and man. I love that part of yeah, it, man. Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's so weird that their stadium, man, how I mean, yeah, it, it seats the most on paper, but it's so spread out. Mm-hmm. It's not loud to nah. me, it's not that loud to me. It's like a good loud stadium, right. but it's not loud for 113, whatever they hold. Right, you want to say it's loud, freaking nah. the shoe is loud, you know, 80,000 in Blacksburg and uh, Virginia Tech, that's loud, mm-hmm. Penn State, Whiteout. That's, That's your loud. ears are popping. <laughs> hey, your ears are popping. Right. So stuff like that. But um, yeah. But I, I definitely want to in a season on our field, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I,
0: um, diving back into this game, man, or to the game that was to be, or to the game that we were supposed to have and we're not gonna have, or whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say. Um, just the season. If you got a crystal ball, right, and you can look into the future. What do you think transpires with this week? Um. And what do you think transpires with Ohio State and their chances of getting in the Big Ten championship because think, of the lack of the game?
1: I think the Big Ten come out and, and find a way to make sure Ohio State can play, not this this week, if not this week, but for sure for the Big Ten championship game so they can be represented in the Final Four. And I think they get so much backlash from all the Ohio State hater meter, hater media people Mm -hmm. who can't stand Ohio State to say like, Oh my God, they go back and change the rules (laughs) just to accommodate these guys. Well, no, what's fair is fair and what's wrong is wrong, what's right is right. Right. You know, so I think they find a way to I mean Big Ten be getting so much heat about their lack thereof when it comes to this protocol, when it came to handling a lot of situations. I think they finally have a chance to make things right. And it's and it kinda sucks to say they're gonna make it right. And Ohio State benefits clearly we being alumni, but we're the, pretty much the only team in the Big Ten that's pretty much been getting screwed all season.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so
1: make it right, Big Ten. Make it right.
0: I think you got to. I think you certainly have to. And uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be wrong for if you went ahead and, and decided to change the rules because you understand, you know, what's at stake—not just for you, but for the entire conference. So yeah. I think you gotta uh, make this situation. But get back to the the this week. I think they gotta make it to where they play this week. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable. I really don't. Just with the committee looking at Ohio State and saying, "You guys, you guys playing the Big Ten championship. Let's say you guys play six games. You guys play six games, and we're going to pitch you in a college football playoff." Yeah. I don't feel comfortable. I think you got to give yourself a shot at playing seven games, no matter who's against. Because you got a, a anytime you got a, a larger sample size to evaluate from. I don't think that hurts you, um, and it, it certainly can hurt you uh, by not playing another game and having another chance to be evaluated versus. I mean, I don't know whether you say a, well a quality opponent because I think Indiana would be a quality opponent uh, or someone else outside of the conference. It's, it's I would double, not be opposed to that.
1: Yeah, it's a double-edged sword though about the, the the sample size because you if you have a small sample size in the Big Ten, I mean, the committee puts you in the Final Four. Then guess what? That small sample size, that small sample size is going to play in your favor when teams are trying to prepare for you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to have so many answers and, and would-up situations by the quality opponents we play because I, I mean, Indiana was the only. Good team that we played this mm-hmm. year. And they're going to go back over that. And everything else was pretty much beating guys are pure talent. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: Wild, man. Wild times that we are in right now, experiencing <laughs> and finding out at your house. We literally found us out literally 10 minutes or five, 10 minutes before we did the show, which is wild. It's tough. So, I mean, tough. The, the questions are popping up in our mind as we're doing the show that we have uh, for the committee and everybody else out there that can give us some type of answers. Um, but I want to get to what's your f- – Favorite tradition from this rivalry week? <laughs> I know we don't have the game, so we got to reminisce a little bit and, and give you guys some of our favorite key points or, or, or <laughs> moments from this rivalry. But favorite tradition that you do leading up to this week? My fa-
1: <laughs> I'm going to give you two. My favorite <laughs> tradition when it came to football traditions, when it came <laughs> to the rivalry, was the day after the game before. So that following Sunday, when the band comes in and plays, and they, you know, they do script Ohio. Like, yep. you, you grabbing all the instruments so. and you playing and you scripting with them and stuff like that. And so that was my favorite when it comes to football. But my favorite all time tradition just leading up to the game is <laughs> oh my God. Hopefully none of my coaches are watching this because we were banned from this. The Mirror Lake Jump. Oh. Y'all was banned?
0: We were banned Y'all from go Mi- we oh go. Y'all couldn't go to Mirror Lake. Oh my God. Every year Mir- we went to Mirror yeah. Lake. And, I and, remember seeing Will jump on Mirror Lake half naked. <laughs> I'm joking. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) And and it sucks.
1: It is sucks. And I know we had a tragedy uh, during that jump. I think it was my last year where they tried to officially close it down and kind of cancel that tradition. But the only reason why it was my favorite because you have an opportunity to interact with the whole student body about a common goal, a common hate, Mm -hmm. and a common tradition. Everything else is so much football related. I mean, the student body can't come do Michigan workouts with us or, you know, Doing in the workouts, we're doing the push-up sit-ups and things like that to the days that we count towards right. Michigan and things like that. So it was my favorite because it, it included the whole student body and everybody who wanted to get crazy. I mean, I never jumped in the lake, but to see that and everybody going crazy and yelling and singing and saying a lot of <laughs> mean things
0: about that school, it was pretty cool. Craziest thing you've seen at the lake. Oh I, I know God. some wild yeah. stuff that um, you see at
1: Mirror Lake. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I just seen um, we had two walk on players. I'm gonna leave their names out of it, but they also were in the midst of um, pledging. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of their their things were to do the mere lake jump. Right. And we had a, 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 a um, golly Joe Berger. I think he was a walk on as well, and he was really good friends with these two other guys. So we there everybody snuck out and we and it's like we it's like COVID times because everybody got masks right. on and all type of stuff, right? <laughs> So this is, yeah, this is my first year. Yeah. This is yeah, this is in 2012. And uh it's funny I tell you another thing too about that. But they um they love each other. They they, they they're all great friends, but they grabbed Joe Burger and they jumped in the lake with him and Joe was completely in clothes and stuff like that. He <laughs> was pissed. And it's not like he can tell or anything like that. because We weren't supposed to be there. Right. Uh, we weren't supposed to be there, but I saw one of our coaches and he
0: brought his kids
1: there and they jumped in.
0: No <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me, Raising <laughs> Cane. I'm so sorry. But I mean seriously, yep.
1: So one of our coaches there, I feel like this our, That coach was fresh out the NFL. Fresh
0: out the NFL, 2012,
1: and he coached the defensive line. Oh, but anyway, oh. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: and he yes. coaching Tennessee right now. He's still,
0: I'm not gonna say any names, but he did head coach of Tennessee right now. Oh, because he, <laughs> <laughs> he understood because he was here.
1: He his, understood that about his kids.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying, but he understood the tradition, and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna bring my kids and make them party. Oh my gosh, that's crazy as heck yes, right there. Yeah, the fact that y'all not supposed to be there as players. Yeah, but the coach is gonna bring his bet kids there. there. I bet not see y'all there. See y'all there at ten.
1: <laughs> I bet not see y'all there at ten o'clock when I get there with my kids and jump in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: crazy as hell right there, man. <laughs> but the two things that you just named are my absolute favorite traditions about that week: playing with the band. Getting a chance to, I mean, our band is legendary. Legendary. Getting a chance to do some of their steps, their moves, take some of their uh, instruments, go out there and play and have yeah. a good time. I remember I got up on a ladder and I was kind of, oh, you know, oh, yeah, man, I was, was so kind of that. that man. So it was super fun, man, <laughs> to be a part of that and to get a chance to do that. But like you said, Mirror Lake, getting a chance. To, I think it was Thursday night, Wednesday or Thursday night. Wednesday or Thursday. Or Thursday. Yeah, I can't remember. You, you go out there and. It's, start probably about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Cold as heck. That's what I'm you going out there and I'm talking about you talking about some people like they, they lathered up and what I mean lathered up, I don't mean lathered with uh Raisin Canes, lemonade or sweet tea. <laughs> Maybe they had raisin canes, lemonade, <laughs> or sweet tea. They just add a little bit of mixture into yes. it. Um <laughs> but they were lathered and having a ball jumping in. There were several players on our team who jumped in, but then there were several like athletic staff Um, our training staff. And I remember seeing people Uh, jumping that thing butt-booty hole. Yes. Seriously, naked. For sure. Jumping all the way in that thing naked. It was the craziest thing in the world. Uh, Yeah, that's – But getting a chance to see that year after year, dude, that was, like, incredible. Obviously, we had the tragedy there. Um, You know, thoughts and prayers are always going to go towards that specific situation and instance. But – the memories that came along with that Mirror Lake jump, man, are, are, are lifelong for sure. For sure, man. And, and you know, that's why
1: – I mean, I, I would have to do a research study of people who, who have done the Mirror Lake jump <laughs> versus then and now – and then see if they had got COVID because it was shit in the Mirror Lake that was worse than COVID and prepared yeah, you for this pandemic. If you jump in the Mirror
0: Lake- You're immune. You're immune to COVID.
1: I know where the vaccine is. Jump in Mirror Lake- At the bottom of Mirror
0: Lake. prepare you. Exactly.
1: I got, I got to know. If you jump in there with an open wound or, right. or you know how you jump and you go down and you might- Swallow a little water, or get on your mouth, <laughs> something like that. You are officially—you have been immune to COVID before COVID even
0: came about, right? For sure. <laughs> That's one of the things I can get with. I, mean, I can believe that certainly. <laughs> <laughs> but man, those uh, those times were like amazing, and it's kind of hard to tell people, you know, what that experience was like because they necessarily wouldn't get it yeah. unless you were there. But you know, you're probably thinking, "Oh, what's a lake? People just jumping up. You got <laughs> <It's> thousands <laughs> it's of college kids." <laughs> (laughs) Wild as can be, taking a dive. And it's the funniest part, though. We keep calling it a
1: lake. (laughs) it's just a pond. (laughs) So we first went, went, and I'm thinking, guys, are about to get in, pile into cars, because we all meet at the Neil dorm, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, who got a car? Who got a car? And I'm thinking, thinking like, okay, Mirror Lake, jump. I'm thinking we about to jump off the bridge into the Owen (laughs) Tangent. That's what I was thinking the whole time. And we everybody walk in, and you see people running back from it through all through campus. Right. And I'm like, where is it? I'm like, oh, it's a pond. <laughs> like Ten steps from your door. Right? <laughs> That's the best part about it. But speaking about some of the traditions of Ohio State, not just leading up to the game and, and everything we do to to really install that that history leading up to it. It's all year round for us. Mm-hmm. But leading up to that week, I remember we have – I don't know how it was when you was in school, but we have a player from – We have a player every day from the game speak about the game. So, guys who formerly played in it might have made one or two key plays. And we would never have, like, big-name guys intentionally Uh because of that point when we go back to our question of what would you tell a first-year player or starter or somebody just getting one play. Right. It can make or break your career. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember seeing videos of guys running down kick off, smashing a guy, or <sighs> that was or the best. and all type of stuff like that. And I have no clue who these guys are until they come back and speak mm-hmm. and talk about the gold pants or yeah. what it meant to them or that one or two plays or something like that. So, but our traditions are none other, man. And I kind of and and you sit around and you reminisce with a lot of buddies and friends that you you, you uh, kind of get outside of college and is playing in the pros, and they went to tradition-rich schools as well, and you guys compare mm-hmm. and back of your head. you Out of respect, oh, that sounds cool, but in the back of your head, like, I ain't got nothing on me or like, right. or oh, I ain't got nothing on, you know, some of
0: the traditions that we have. Right. But it's, it's pretty cool, though. There's definitely no place like it. So every year, we had Jack Tatum come back. Um, you know, we had the seniors obviously go through their last week of practice at a senior tackle. Jack Tatum will come back and speak to us. And then we had my boy. I love this guy to death. Guy rest So I did a show with him for out of the three, four years, me, him, and Coach Coop. Earl Bruce was my dog. Yeah. Um, my kids, to this day, I show them the picture of them and Earl Bruce, and they loved Earl Bruce because they remember how funny he was. Yeah. Um, but you talk about a guy that uh, is an older individual, but will come into a room, and Will, you can attest to this, and come and speak and give so much in it. We're yeah. going to give him a whammy. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So we're Earl Bruce was incredible. An incredible motivator, and he was just a fun guy to listen to his stories about, you know, what he had went through with the rivalry. And I don't know if you know Earl Bruce. He was on staff with um, uh, Woody. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, so you talk about a guy who really – was enriched in a tradition. He's been through the glory years and created some glory years for himself. So having him come back and give his testimony about what the rivalry meant to him and what he went through and what he wanted to do, I want to give want this. And I he gives you that old-school coach yeah. feel, bro. That was just yeah, incredible yeah. getting a chance to listen to him, man. So that's certainly one of mine uh, is the ability to hear a guy like that speak for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, moving along a little bit, uh, I know man, it's kind of – I just – once we get to talk about stuff like that, my mind just gets to going, go all over the place and yeah. I get all over the place. So I kind of <laughs> lose track. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, the crystal ball and, and what we saw. I want to play a little scenario right now. A little scenario. I don't know if you are up for. it. I want to have you be the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren. Uh. And I want to ask you a couple questions. Uh. Will, are you down to throw in a couple of questions uh. to Kevin Warren? Give me two questions that uh, you would love to ask Kevin Warren.
1: Golly, this is getting hot in here. <laughs> it's my turn to heat up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest question. Some, some buffers. I mean, oh, all, right. all right, Mr. Warren. First question comes from Mr. Will over here. Thank you, Will. So, we understand that you got a lot of stuff wrong all year long. With the start of the season and all that, why did you wait so long to start the season um, and not build in any buffers for this season, considering we are in the midst of COVID, a global pandemic?
1: Well, hey, that's a great questionnaire you guys have there. Um, wow, it's hot in here. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to say we waited to start the season because we wanted to see the trial and error that a lot of the other conferences was going through in the beginning. Um, We thought the 25th was a a great point to give everyone else four or five games to get their feet wet and and understand and and try to piggyback some of their COVID protocols to develop a foolproof
0: COVID protocol of our own. And clearly, we dropped the ball on that. Well, Mr. Warren, did you not know that COVID came about and, uh, you know, we all went on lockdown in March of 2020? So you had a lot of time to prepare, right? Um. Yeah,
1: yeah, but um, we also had to think about trying to get our uh, our other fall sports into um, play at a timely manner, um, having to cancel March Madness, uh, baseball at the time, and uh, some more spring sports. You know, our main focus wasn't just on football, even though that's what the Big Ten is about. Um, we had to try to <laughs> find a way to really um, get all our sports and our students around campus safely.
0: All right, I respect that. I'll take that. But you got to answer this question truthfully for me. Mr. Warren, are you indeed a control freak and wanted everybody to know your name, and that's why you decided to push the season back, and that's why you decided to implement this six-game mandatory playing to be in the Big Ten Championship? Are you a control freak? Do you like people to know that you have the final say-so in the Uh, end-all-be-all?
1: Well... uh the commissioner is a uh, appointed position. Uh so um people put me in this position they thought I would uh have the best knowledge and say so. But yes, I'm a control freak. I love it. I didn't start off as a control freak. You guys did this to me. You put me in this position. And now I got all I control all the marbles. You guys want Ohio
0: State to play? I think about it. I get back to you Thursday. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. And in all due respect to uh, you know Kevin Warren, it, it, it's a joke we had to go through. And obviously, you're taking a bunch of slack. And you know, a lot of us probably just do, but we had to make a joke of it. Uh, so don't be a little too uptight if you do see this, man. Uh, but yeah, man, that was good. That was real good right there. That was funny as heck. Uh, but yeah, again, no disrespect. That's a joke. That's uh, it, it's a, a joke. joke. Take it. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I enjoyed this, man. It, it's still so crazy that we do not have uh an opportunity to play Michigan. First time in over a hundred years. Um wow, man. I'm looking forward to see what transpires in that meeting tomorrow with the Big Ten athletic directors, um, the commissioner and also the pres the presidents. And guess what? That meeting, I'm showing up late because I control it. <laughs> I get there when I get there. <laughs> no man, that's a that's a wrap on uh you know Cardell and Beanie, Beanie and Cardell always brought to you by Canes. It's the perfect tailgate food, and not even just for uh, you know, just an Ohio State football tailgate. You got a basketball, you got a hockey. Just go to Kanes and get some chicken, get, get some food, man. It's lunchtime, so see me. Hey guys, meet me at Kanes. <laughs>
1: That's a wrap.